everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. And Tom, you've relocated since we've last recorded here now in Norwich. And today, as we're recording, is a big day for you because it's your club, Aston Villa's 144th birthday. What do you have? What do you have planned for the day? Oh, you know, it's going to be a fantastic celebration with uh, me just parading around in my in my various retro retro gear now i mean <laughs> i don't think i'm going to be d- doing anything honestly um it's getting pretty cold over here but yeah i'm now slowly working on taking over adam brandon's uh homeland and making it my own that's that's my main plan today how's that how are things with you that's good it's good it's good palmetas are hopefully close to winning a, a title in brazil so i'm pleased with that on today's show we'll be breaking down uh, one of palmetas's big rivals uh corinthians pedrinho uh, a player who's been linked with Real Madrid and, and somebody that we've been quite excited to look at for some time now. So we'll give you the full breakdown on him. But before we do, Tom, there's an Argentine who's doing quite well at, at Norwich. Buendia, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, Emi Buendia. He's uh, he's here in Norwich. I'm slowly working on making him my, my best friend. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, a little bit of Argentinian flair in Norwich. So I'm not going to feel too far away from uh, the South American football that, that uh, both you and I love so much. I can't imagine there's been many South Americans who, who have come through Norwich, or, or am I just blissfully ignorant as, as I am with most things English football related? <laughs> yeah, it's certainly not the uh, the number one spot for uh, South American players, but, you know, they've, uh, they're have they known as the Canaries, so there's that Brazilian link right there, you know, and I'm sure any Norwich fan will tell you the way they're playing right now is, is certainly akin to some of the great Brazilian teams of the, of the 80s. So, uh, yeah, there's... There's potential, and if they get up to the Premier League, who knows? Maybe we can uh, tempt a few more over. Maybe that can be my new job. Norwich City to the 80s Brazil teams was not how I expected to start this pod, but here we <laughs> are. Let's get into Pedrinho. Tom, he's, he's a 20-year-old winger for Corinthians who has a contract with the club until December 2020. His buyout clause is currently 50 million euros, but as you and I were discussing pre-pod, the odds are that he will go for significantly less than that. Corinthians are probably in a position where they will be looking to sell, and Pedrinho is probably in a position where he will be looking to move. So let's start by breaking him down as a player. As I said, a winger who can play on both sides. The stats, Tom, maybe don't speak highly of Pedrinho, considering he's only scored one goal domestically, he, uh, one in the state leagues, one in the Copa do Brazil, and then one one time in the Sudamericana, and only a couple assists. But don't let those stats fool you. He's a pretty talented player. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those guys that I think you know a lot of people might just sort of glance over uh, teams and, and sort of have a have, have a little look at what their stats look like and make up their mind just from that. He's he's really someone that you need to watch um, to really appreciate what he can do. He's he's that typical tricky wide man. He's got great dribbling i think that's definitely the, the the standout feature of his game is is that acceleration from a from a standing position that excellent balance nice little footwork just absolutely loves those one-on-one situations and i, th- I think he's averaging about 2.3 dribbles per game in in the brasileiro um, and there's not many more in the league uh who, who do more than that certainly he's within the top 10 in in, in that respect so yeah pacey um tricky a good shot from distance which is again maybe why it's weird that he's not scored more goals um what what do you make of uh, make of that austin 
Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I, I think some of it is, you know, he's been in and out of the team as a starter. He's, he's played 32 matches this year, but some of those that have come off the bench. Um, Corinthians haven't had the best of years. Uh, the Copa Libertadores exit against Colo Colo. Uh, the Copa do Brazil final um, that they fell short against uh, Cruzeiro, I should say. But in that Copa do Brazil in the semifinals, the one goal that he did score uh, in that competition was a big one. And it was against Flamengo in the semifinals. And it was, like you said, uh, a shot from distance where he was able to find some space and then was able to, to slap it by the keeper. So I think it's just kind of a, a, a situational thing where he's maybe just not getting into the best of positions. Uh, the assist numbers, I would put down to honestly the fact that he's not playing with very talented attacking players. I think Eddie Corinthians fan will tell you that they've been really struggling uh, for goals this year, particularly from, from attacking players. Um, they went through a stretch of, of four to six months where they just played without a striker and that kind of worked and, and kind of didn't. Uh, the players they bought to replace Joe, who was really good for them last year, haven't really panned out. So I think a lot of that can kind of just be put down to his circumstance and when you watch him play as you say you know when you sit down and you watch the game and you see his effect on it really good on the ball a really good touch he's really talented with it he's got all the flicks and tricks that you like to see and it feels like it's a type of situation where when you put him with more talented players he's going to really blossom and he's going to be able to kind of find his mark and be really good at providing service for for some pretty good looks for people because he has been able to do that for Corinthians. He's put people in good positions and, and there's not really a lot that he can do if they don't finish it from there. Yeah, certainly I think that's a that's a fair assessment and and also there was he was quite unlucky not to get his uh, first league goal against I think it was against Atletico Mineiro. He had a shot that I think came off the crossbar, hit the back of the keeper and went in. So we can kind of give that to him, right? Um so yeah, I think I think there is a case of of him being, you know, better than the players around him. But I'd still say that I've certainly got a few reservations about him. Um, you know, he is very left footed. Um, you know, he tends to be on the right wing cutting in. And even though you think that would make him predictable, he is he is at least quite good at sort of when he looks like he might come inside, he can beat you on the outside and, and, and vice versa. Um, so there's, I think he's a bit lightweight for Europe at the moment as well. And maybe some inconsistencies in his game, but you, you kind of expect that from a, from a 20 year old, but he's, he's accrued a, a fair amount of experience with, um, Corinthians now, I think over about 70 uh, appearances in all competitions. So yeah, it's, it seems like it's a good moment for him to leave. Um, he's certainly still young and you could you could manage imagine him staying around maybe for six months but as I'm sure we'll go on to it seems like for both club and player that this would this January transfer window uh, may well be may well suit all parties yeah and, and Tom one thing I wanted to ask you about you kind of brought it up there so often some of these players they're really talented when playing at the Brazilian level and so they can kind of just rely on their pure skill. You know, as I said, he's got the flicks and tricks and he can get by people and being predominantly left-footed and maybe relying on that too much doesn't really cost him when he's going up against players that he's simply better than. But as you look ahead to a move to Europe, that is something that is concerning because he will be going up against people who are as skilled as he is and you kind of worry about his ability to translate that skill in, into those chances because he will be playing people who are who are better than he is and, and he might have to kind of it might take him some time to figure out how he needs to adapt his game to playing at a higher level. Yeah, I can't see him being an 
immediate success where he goes unless he does go to maybe a slightly lower level league but I mean the talk of him being linked to Real Madrid and some of the other biggest clubs in Europe I kind of I was a bit surprised about I mean I remember when seeing him at the Corpina last year and he, I think he was voted best player of that at the start of 2017 and I thought okay yeah here's, here's a good player to, to look out for and again he's done well for Corinthians but but again, maybe it's been more due to the fact that they've not really um, flourished this season. Um, and it seems like a lot of the young players at Corinthians have uh, have failed to really live up to expectations this year. Um, but I kind of I kind of thought, yeah, I could see him going to Europe and with his contract slowly running down. You think, OK, Corinthians are going to want to going to want to cash in on him. But at the same time, I was like, hey. I don't quite see you ready for this big move. It was a bit like when Madrid were also linked with Matias Vargas, a player who I absolutely love and we've profiled before, but someone who I thought, yeah, I don't see that move being right for you straight away. So, yeah, where do you think, what do you make of this whole uh, Real Madrid chat? Yeah, especially when you consider him in relation to Vinicius Jr., a player who's gone to Real Madrid, and he's struggled to get game time. And I think we're both of the agreement that he's significantly more talented as a player than Pedrinho is. And you look at Rodrigo at Santos, another player who is going to move to Real Madrid. You know, it just seems like he's kind of on another tier. This is very interesting, the links to Real Madrid and kind of the everything that has come into this. So in the past couple of weeks, uh, Corinthians president Andre Sanchez, not terribly popular uh, at the club with the fans right now now was pictured with uh, the president of Madrid, Perez, and also Corinthians legend Ronaldo, who actually has a stake in Spanish first division side Real Valladolid. The, okay, you're going to need to help me with the Spanish here. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good with Spanish, but those L's just really threw me off. I would say Valladolid, but I know that's not correct. Help me pronounce it, Tom. Valladolid. Valladolid. So there you the t- go. Okay, all right. So he, he owns a stake in Valladolid, and, and there are some talks that he could be bought by Real Madrid and then loaned out to Valladolid and kind of been a, be allowed to develop there. Um, we've seen this happen with South American players in the past. We watched Marlos Moreno really struggle for game time in Spain on loan with a side probably about the same sort of quality as Valladolid, a relegation team that was struggling to try and stay up. And if you don't hit the ground running right away, you can often struggle for game time. So there's definitely uh, some pause there. That buyout clause, as I said, 50 million euros probably won't be hit. Corinthians are, are in the type of position where they're going to need money to try and fix their team, which, as you said, has really disappointed this year, eliminated in the Copa Libertadores, lost the Copa do Brasil final, have not made any sort of mark in the league. The second half of 2018 has been really poor for them. And as you look ahead to 2019, it's going to be a bit of a rebuild. There's not a whole lot to play for in the first half of 2019. They'll be playing for the state leagues, and obviously they'll be among the favorites to win the Paulistown next year, but they won't be in the Copa Libertadores, and I can't really see Pedrinho be motivated to play in the Sudamericana again. Although he did score a goal in that competition once against something called Patriotas Boyaca, so maybe he's looking to, to pick up a couple more there. But it feels like January is the time to move, but I'm with you. The links to Real Madrid do give me pause, and this kind of feels like a player maybe getting a little wide-eyed with the potential of being bought by Real Madrid because, of course, that's a really exciting thing for a player, but that might not be the best move for him. And we've seen that with players. You know, Gabby Goal moved to Europe, a big move to Inter Milan, 
and he had to come crawling back to Brazil to kind of rebuild himself. Marlos Moreno moved to Manchester City, couldn't get games there, went out on loan for two years, really struggled, and is back in South America rebuilding his form again. And I do worry, Tom, that maybe this might be the same type of situation with Pedrinho. Goes to Europe, doesn't make a mark with the club that he's loaned to, ends up having to either move to Brazil or even further down the European pyramid. And the next thing you know, the next time we hear from him is four or five years from now when he's finally rebuilt his game. So the links do really give me pause. Certainly. And I mean, if we look at the table right now in Spain, though, Valladolid are only three points behind Real Madrid at the time of recording. So maybe they're not quite as uh, as, as bad as we're making them out. But certainly I, I would imagine that if he went to Real Madrid, he would, would be immediately loaned out um and somewhere in the spanish league yeah would would suit him i think and, and perhaps he could get some games under his belt but i i certainly harbor the same reservations about this move while yeah not being just moving straight having not played at all um i do think that it could be a bit of a difficult adaptation period um i think maybe if he was to move maybe following the footsteps of someone like Malcolm who, who went off, off to Bordeaux and was able to just kind of improve, refine his game before that big move came. Not that it's necessarily going too well for him right now, but, um, or even someone, cause again, we're looking at quite a diminutive, uh, lightweight player at the moment. Someone like Bernard who, who went, um, who went to Shakhtar and um, kind of, again, disappeared off the map for a few years, but is now popping up back in the Premier League. And and, and there's something to be said for that. And certainly, um, while he's been linked to Real Madrid, PSG, Dortmund, I think, re- realistically, if he was going to be smart about this, he would go somewhere like Shakhtar, which has got a you know proven uh, reputation at bringing Brazilians through or, you know, somewhere where he can, he's not going to have that much pressure and and he's still young enough where he he can take two years just to kind of work on his game and and then get get a big move maybe when he's 22 23 or something like that so I think as much as it's him getting quite excited I think he's got a very busy agent as well uh the the the, just the number of clubs getting thrown around and the, the level of them just yeah it's kind of got me a bit not suspicious but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a fair amount of uh, smoke and mirrors there. I think Shakhtar is actually a really good shout. And that was actually something I was going to bring up because, as you said, that's a club that has proven themselves at developing Brazilian talent and has been good at doing that and as a stepping stone club. And also, I think he really fits that kind of style that we've seen from Shakhtar. He'd get experience, you know, if he could prove himself in the Champions League, but would also have the ability to develop against some lesser teams in the Ukrainian League. And I think that would be the type of move that would be best for him. You know, we saw David Giannetti's move from Sao Paulo to Ajax. That would be the type of move that I think would really help Pedrinho. I agree that he should probably leave Brazil. I don't think he has anything left to prove in Brazil. But I also, like you said, I, I don't quite see him matching up with the level of Real Madrid. And we've seen the, the loan cycle be really unkind to, to some players lately. One thing that I think would work in his favor should a move to Real Madrid with a loan to Valladolid work out is that Ronaldo does own that club and he's a Corinthians legend. I think he would take a personal investment in Pedrinho and that might help him get more game time and there would be more motivation uh, for that club to then go on and play him even though they don't own him. But still, I think we've just seen 
the the loan moves just really not work out lately for a lot of players and I think that would give me pause if I were you know advising Pedrinho in a situation like this uh, the agent that you mentioned Tom after the Copa do Brazil after Corinthians were eliminated from the Copa do Brazil they lost in the final he said you know Pedrinho's gone he's moving to Europe in the next transfer window he went back on that a little bit um, saying that there's been interest from Europe but it's not a sure thing I think everybody involved is expecting this to happen in January. It makes too much sense for all of the sides. And if Real Madrid are, are involved, you know, whatever fee that they pay will probably be a lot for Corinthians and probably won't make a difference to them. And that's why I think you see this move make sense, it seems like, for everybody but the player himself. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, who knows, maybe it's just even a case of the agent trying to inflate his transfer fee as much as possible with these links to the big clubs. Certainly, I think the the Ronaldo link makes sense. Again, who knows what his motivations are behind that. Maybe it's just, a, you know, again, get a bit of excitement around that club. Um, but certainly, if he, if he was to move there, then you think he'd have a really good mentor, someone who could help him through. And, and I'd certainly like to see that. I mean, even if it was just a case of, by the lid, you know, cutting out Real Madrid in terms of them being just uh, facilitating the move. If they were somehow even getting a loan to buy or, or something like that, that could even be an option. Um, but yeah, one thing I wanted to ask as well, Austin, is is it too early to talk about him having a sort of a, a role to play for the national team? Am I getting a bit ahead of myself here? I think it's hard because, and, and I think we've we've made this point with a lot of Brazilian players, you know, Pedrinho is the type of player where if he were, you know, Paraguayan or, or if he were uh, even Colombian or, or Ecuadorian, he would be in the national team already, probably get it, getting playing time and playing well. But when you look at how many options there are on the wing for Brazil, and then you look even further to the players who aren't really in the conversation on the wing, but maybe will be or could be, he's a long way down on that list. And I think it would take uh, quite some time and quite some doing for Pedrinho to kind of work his way up. Working in his favor is a manager who has big links with Corinthians and Cheech and, and has worked with Pedrinho before. So I, I think that's a kind of a, a tick in, in his box. But other than that... Uh, I think you're probably five, six years away from him even being able to be in that conversation. And that's not a criticism of him. I think that's just a, a, a an observation on the situation as it is for Brazil right now. Yeah, the strength and depth of for Brazil in that position is absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, that's that's I'm kind of on the same page with you there. Um, yeah, I wonder if he'll... I think he's capable of getting a few caps down the line, but like you say, may, maybe in about five years' time, especially... Um, someone with that kind of small stature, it's quite easy for them to sort of need three or four years before they're they're really at that high level to uh, to compete uh, for, for the Brazilian national team. You know, we've seen it with for a few players in the Argentinian team, such as Franco Servi, who was, who looked amazing before he he moved to Benfica, and then he's just kind of been, you know playing well but a bit under the radar and he's finally getting his moment to, to get back into the Argentina side and, and he's he's impressing with his little cameos so I could see maybe Pedrino doing a similar thing um, or potentially just turning up at West Ham in about six years time <laughs> they do like themselves a player like that Felipe Anderson is Pedrino the next Felipe Anderson eh, he might be um, <laughs> and, and I, I think this podcast has, has maybe come off with a bit of a, a negative tone around Pedrinho. Um, I think he's a really good player and I think he has a lot going for him, but 
I don't know that this move at this time were it to come off would be the best for him. I think he needs to get out of Brazil. I think he needs to get away from Corinthians. But I think he needs to do so in such a way that's going to put him at a club that's going to develop him and, and is going to give him opportunity. And frankly, Real Madrid probably isn't that. And, and again, Tom, it's really hard for a player to say no to Real Madrid if they are actually interested and if they do want to pay a price to, to bring you in, I mean, I couldn't say no to that. Could you? Uh, only if uh, Villa were, were involved, I think. <laughs> but no, seriously, I think, yeah, if Real Madrid come and knock in, then, uh, then you're going to head over to the Spanish capital then, aren't you? So, uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, little Peter gets up to. I think he's, um, he's, he's going to be one of the more interesting ones. He's not someone I'm 100% sold on. Um, but I'm certainly willing to be proven wrong. And I think he's going to have an interesting career at the very least. I can agree with that. I can see that. I think there could be a lot of stops along the way, uh, maybe some trips to Eastern Europe that he wasn't expecting but had to take to kind of rebuild himself. Uh, but down the line, this this is a player that I can see playing at, at a high level in Europe. I, I just don't know that that is right now. Um, but hey, like you said, you know, if you get an opportunity and you take it, more power to you as the player. That's it for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. Be sure to follow the World Football Index for all the latest from us. Rate and review us on iTunes if you enjoyed this. All that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye.